Thank you for joining us this week at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our midweek service with worship leader Omar Lopez Jr. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. All right, I'm really, really glad to be up here. It's such a privilege to always speak. And yes, I will confirm that the lights are very bright up here. It may not seem bright to you, but they are bright to me. Um, just have to point that out. But I'm really excited to be here tonight. I have a man. I just feel like I have a word um, that that I want to share tonight. I feel like the Lord's speaking to me. Um, it. I wrote. I honestly, I wrote this for me. And I hope it speaks to you. Um, I just want to say that God, God is better, way, God is so much better than you think. So much better. He's so good. He's always good. He's, a lot of people can paint a picture of, of a, just a ruly God, a God who's just trying to oversight our life, but he's so much better than that. Um, no matter how far you are from God, no matter how close you are from God, he is always good. He's always good. I'm just, I just always think of the, the prodigal son who just wasted away the inheritance, wasted away everything that the father provided for him. And he came back, just wanted to be a servant. And the father was waiting for him, welcoming him back in, back into his home. So he, he's, I just want to share that he's so much better. I hope that encourages you. But much has been said recently um, on the stage and even on Sunday that, that talks to the point of not allowing our lives to be compartmentalized. We can, we have pieces of who we are, we place in little boxes, this is, I am this way, I'm this way, I'm in this section, and when I'm over here, I'm like this, and we can compartmentalize our lives into a little box or space, but that's not the way of Christ. That's not, that's not Christian living. We're supposed to be whole, we're supposed to be complete, every moment, from moment to moment, from day to day, be the same person who we are. Wherever we go, we're just the same person, that's, that's completeness, that's wholeness. Um, and I'm thinking... I'm thinking about how we come into church, and it's so easy to be a Christian in church. Like, you're just, you're just set up. You're set up to your Christian. You, you come in, and really all you have to do is come in. And worship is prepared for you. Someone's leading you in worship. Someone's greeting you at the door. Someone's smiling at you, and you're, you're feeling at home. You're like, man, I, this feels good. And um, you get coffee over there. You, 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 get a pl- you get something to eat. You get a seat that's generally comfortable. You get someone speaking to you, encouraging you, speaking, uh, sharing the word of God with you. You're, you're being fed. Um, this is family. You get friends. Um, and it's so easy. to be. You're set up. And, and we have leadership and a church family who are believing for great things. Um, someone wants to pray with you, and they're, they're willing to talk to you. They're willing to give you a word. Um, and really, we've dedicated the space to meet with the Lord. We've created the space, and it's so easy. It doesn't feel good in here. Don't you feel the spirit of God, the presence of God when we come in and worship? Like... You just, you just can't help but worship, and you can't help like, okay, this is this is other, this is otherly. You know what I mean? This is not the natural. This is supernatural. This is spirit and the presence of God in this place. And so here, faith is activated. Here, prayer is placed as the primary method of which we communicate with the Lord. We talk to Him. Um, worship again is the first thing that we do. We place the Lord at at the center of everything. It's the first thing we do. Um, everyone has a place at the table. You can have a seat. You just come in. We don't. We don't card you. We don't, you know, everyone freely can come in. Um, here, here you actually, you matter. 
You matter. That's why we're, that's why we're doing this. You matter. Every person matters. You're here. You might give, be given a prophetic word. And everything here is done intentionally. And, and I was just thinking about it. Because we've, it's not accidentally that we just happen to do all these things. We, we want this place to be a place for all of us to come and just enjoy the presence of God and, and receive from the Lord. Um, and I was just thinking, like, this is kind of like a model for how our home should be, how our, really how our lives should be. It should, be, it should serve as a model. And, um, but the moment you walk out the doors, it's so easy. Because we've made, it's, it's so easy here, it's also so easy to turn your Christian off, your Christian life off. Um, what happened to, when you walk outside the doors, what happened to faith in Jesus? What happened to prayer, but the power of prayer and believing um, for a miracle, believing, just trusting God? Um, it's, it's not that this location is, like, special, except that we've made those things priority as, as a place here. Um, so, again, what about when you leave this room, when you go home? What kind of, what kind of atmosphere are you establishing in your home? Are you, are you making prayer important? Are you making worship important? Are you making um, just talking about God simply, talking about God important and a part of your, of your atmosphere, of your, of your home? So I just want to talk about the worship in the moment-to-moment, in the day-to-day, in the, in the everyday life. Because we come here, you can come to church Sunday, Wednesday. You might go to a connect group. You might come to Saturday prayer, and that's roughly four to five hours if you combine the two. And then most of your life is in the, the other moments. And so I want to talk about the, the worship in the moment to moment. And I'm going to read a lot of scripture here because I think it just gives us a foundation um, for what Jesus has done for us and uh, the salvation that we have. So Romans 5, 1 through 2. Before we do that, let, let's just pray. So, Lord, we thank you tonight. We thank you for your presence. We, we recognize that you're in the room and that you want to speak and that you want to minister to every single person here. We, we thank you for your love and your grace, God, that you've given us and the ability to know you, the, 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 the privilege. What a privilege it is to know you. And I uh, pray that we'd all receive something tonight. In Jesus' name, amen. So Romans 5, 1 through 2, it says, Therefore, since we have been made right in God's sight by faith, we have peace with God because of what Jesus Christ, our Lord, has done for us. Because of our faith, Christ has brought us into the, into the place of undeserved privilege where we now stand, and we confidently and joyfully look forward to sharing God's glory. Let's go to verse 6. When we were utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time and died for us sinners. So how are we made right with God? Okay, it's Jesus, but it's by faith. It's by faith, right? By faith, we've made made right with God. So because of faith, we're now in right standing with Christ. So Romans 8, so this is a big chunk of scripture, but I I know certain parts are going to touch the ministry, but let's read it. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses was unable to save us because of the weakness of our sinful nature. So God did what the law could not do. He sent his own son in a body like the bodies we sinners have. And in that body, God declared an end to sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. He did this so that the just requirement of the law would be fully satisfied for us, who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the spirit. So those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things, but those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about the things that please the spirit. So letting your sinful nature control your minds leads to death. 
but letting the Spirit control your minds leads to life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws, and it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. And remember that those who do not have the Spirit of Christ living in them do not belong to him at all. And Christ lives within you, so even though your body will die because of sin, the Spirit gives you life because you have been made right with God. The Spirit of God, who raised Christ from the dead, lives in you. And just as God raised Christ Jesus from the dead, he will give life to your mortal bodies by this same Spirit living within you. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you live by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put to death the deeds of, the sinful, of your sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So you have not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you received God's Spirit when he adopted you as his own children. Now we call him Abba Father, for his spirit joins with our spirit to affirm that we are God's children, and since we are his children, we are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory, but if we share in his glory, we must also share in his suffering. All right, so that's a lot. I know it's a lot to digest, but number one, we know that Christ, that we are made right with God in faith in Jesus. So then number two, by your faith in Jesus, you have received the spirit of Jesus, the Holy Spirit. So there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ. You are now a child of God, and you have the righteousness of Jesus. And so therefore, you are led by the Spirit of God. He put to death the power of sin over your lives. Jesus has done it all for us. Jesus did everything for us. We've, all we had to do was come with, with our faith in him. Literally, he did everything for us. So he saved us, and now he, he rescued us from the power of sin and all we have to do is believe in him. He, he did everything. There's nothing, we, we really had nothing to do with this equation here. We just received it by faith, okay? There's, there's nothing that we did. We were, we were in a sin, and Christ uh, put to death on the cross. All right, let's go to Romans 12, verse 1 through 2, and everyone's familiar with this, I think. And the message just says, so here's what I want you to do. God helping you, take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work and walking around life and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. So because of what Jesus has done for us, which is far more than we could have ever expected from him, based on the way that we've lived our lives and the way that we've sinned and just run amok with our lives, the least we can do, really, the least we can do is place our lives before him on the altar as an offering. We can place our lives before him as a living sacrifice, as most translations um, put it. So really, what we can do, all, all that we can do, what, the least that we can do is offer to God our lives as a living sacrifice in the everyday, in the day-to-day, moment-to-moment life. This is, this is really like our alabaster, alabaster box kind of moment. Remember how Mary came to Jesus and she had this expensive oil and the, the disciples were around Jesus, and they were talking, and she came, she poured it out, and she, she just poured it out on his feet, anointing him. And Judas and the other disciples were, were just kind of like, what a waste. You know how expensive that is? Like, you know what we could have done with that? And, and Jesus is like, you don't understand. That's her offering. That's her offering to me. So think about, without Jesus, had we continued in our sin, 
and lived our lives and died, we would have gone, what we, we would have gone to a place that we deserved. We've gone to hell. We deserved it for all eternity. But Jesus came and offered us eternal life because of what he's done on the cross. Now he's given us life. He's given us life more abundantly here. Now we can enter into the gates of heaven. We carry his righteousness. We carry uh, his, his presence in our lives. So then how do we not respond with some level of gratefulness, with some level of gratitude and say, okay, Lord, you've, you've literally, again, he's done everything. He's died on the cross for us. He's given us life. He's helped us live for him. How, what is our proper response but to offer any kind of level of gratitude and say, all right, Lord, here, here's this. Here's what I have for you. Here's my offering. Every moment then becomes an offering. It isn't like this is my church life. This is my work life. This is my home life. This is my hangout life. This is my chill life. And Lord, you can have my church life and you can maybe have my home life. Not my, not my Netflix life. You don't have that. You know. And, and, and so it, it really becomes, it needs to become a moment to moment. Like all those things are good. That's, that's life. That's living. But I think what it is is living with him in mind. And so if you're, a, if you're a mother or a father, which I am not, you, um, <laughs> your offering is to love your children and raise them in the godly home and to be a godly example. You, you're patient with them because the, your father is patient with you. That's, that's your offering. That's a part of your offering. If you're in the grocery store and you notice you're giving back too much change or you're not charging an item, you correct it. That's a part of your offering, right? You don't say, I got blessed today. <laughs> you know. Did you hear what happened? I got blessed. Well, speaking of that, so I was at, uh, I was at Stack the, a couple weeks ago, and I ordered a salad. Matthew was there. We ordered a salad. And uh, one of his friends also ordered a salad, the same salad I had. Well, so we put it through the kitchen, and they come. They, they bring his salad. They give, well, I, I let him have it first. Um, <laughs> And so, like, time goes by. Everyone's having their food. It's, like, five minutes in. I'm just, you know, it's, it's coming. It's coming. And, and I don't know why I'm telling the story. But, <laughs> and then, like, maybe, you know, a couple more minutes come by. I'm like, hey, like, let's, let's call them. Hey, my salad never came. And they're like, hey, like, it's, it's not in here. I'm like, I know I put it in there. I customize it. I had it with no cheese. And, <laughs> and they're like, all right, so I'll, I'll bring you one. How'd you want it? I'm like, I had the barbecue chicken salad. There's no cheese on it. All right, let's bring it in. So he, he brought it to me like two minutes later. Somehow they magically made it super fast. <laughs> it's probably it's probably sitting there. And so they brought it to me. I ate it. And so we're trying to pay our bill. So everyone's going around the table. I'm 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 pretty much the last one, and it's not on there. And I'm like, oh yeah, like we never we never put it in. I ordered it just by the guy, the waiter. And so the, why am I telling this story? So. So the waiter comes by. The, so I call, um, call one of the, I don't know, supervisors maybe. She wasn't really waiting on us. And she came by. I'm like, hey, like, I, I didn't, it wasn't on here. That I ordered it by the waiter. And so, like, I'm, I'm here to pay. And she's, like, looking through it. And she's like, you know what? Like, it, it wasn't on there. You ate it. Just, just keep it. Just, like, just leave. You're good. And I was like, wow. I really got, that's a blessing. <laughs> I was blessed. That's, that's really being blessed. That's doing it the right way, right? I was going to pay. I wanted to pay. No, let me pay. <laughs> so, 
So it's, it seems like a daunting task sometimes. Like, I got to do the right thing all the time. I gotta, I'm always, I'm like, I'm bothered by doing the right thing. And do, what do I, did I say the right thing? And so, and then be, it's like, it's not this, this thing about doing, even though you need to do the right thing. It's not about keeping the list and just making sure that we're doing it right. And then it becomes just overwhelming, doesn't it? It, it can seem overwhelming. Um, to not get snappy with people, to not get bothered by drivers who cut you off and um, loving people who don't deserve it because we don't deserve love. Um, but I think it's about making sure we do, do those things with him in mind. It's the attitude that says, because the Lord, because of you, Lord, I'm going to do what's right in your sight. See, God is always with us. He's watching us. And, and if we are mindful of that, we do it with him in mind. Like, Lord, I'm doing this for you. It's, I'm putting down my pride. Um, I'm saying no to this because I know you're watching me. And this is, I'm honoring you. I'm, this is my offering to you. This is my worship for you. Here it is. And it's not like, Lord, see me. It's just like, I'm, I'm, just, I'm doing this because I love you and I know that you're watching me. I know that you're with me. I know you're going to honor me. I, I've shared this before. Bill Johnson um, talked about this in, uh, in John 132. And really putting this together just reminded me. Um, that I've not been doing this and, and need to put back into place in my life. And it's what we've been talking about. It says, then as John baptized Jesus, he spoke these words. I see the Spirit of God appear like a dove descending from the heavenly realm and landing upon him. And it rested upon him from that moment forward. Or another translation says, and it remained. So this is what Bill Johnson says. He says, his presence is not upon us to, to be commandeered or directed by us. Instead, we are tools in his hand. If there is a dove resting on my shoulder in the natural, he says, and I love the phrase, and it remained, and I don't want it to fly away, how then am I going to walk around this room? Every step will be done with a dove in mind. Every, mo- mo- every movement I make will be, I will make to preserve what I value most. So I li- if I live my life with the Holy Spirit in mind, it will then change the way I speak, places I go, the way I live. Every moment then becomes a moment to honor God and for God to use me. It's the everyday moments in worship. And I remember um, it was last year, was several months ago, I just left a, uh, our Guys Connect. And shout out to my Guys Connect. They're, they're awesome. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, um, we, we, just, we were talking about uh, taking every opportunity, being mindful that the Lord brings us and he wants to use our life, but if we're so busy and we're just caught up with what we're doing and with our lives, and we're we're not really mindful of who's around us, we're just we're just going forward. And, um, and there's nothing wrong with being responsible, but if we're just occupied with yourself, then you're not aware that God wants to speak. You're not aware that there's someone over here who might need um, something to eat. They don't have enough money. So I was, on my way home, I went to the. Um, so with this context in mind, I got to a gas station and I was pumping gas, and I saw some guy. Um, you know, you often see people asking for money for some change for, um, you know, some gas. And so he came up to me and he's like, hey, do you have a couple dollars? Do you have some change? I need to pump gas. I need to get home. I live in, in uh, Covina, I think he said. I'm like, oh, no, I don't have anything. I'm like, man, I, I don't. I don't have any cash. Like, I'd love to help you, but I don't have any cash. And so then um, I was pumping my gas and I was, like, finishing up. And I saw him still walking around and he didn't have enough money. And then it hit me. I can use my debit card. I can totally pay for this guy. And so, like, I'm like, yeah, okay. So then I walk up to him and, hey, like, why don't we go inside? I'll pay for it. I'll give you some gas. And he, we just started talking. He's asking where I came from. I'm like, oh, I came from a connect group. It's like a Bible study with some young adults my age. And, you know, we're, we're just talking about, you know, 
taking every opportunity for the Lord, and just that's what we're doing. He's like, wow, like he's. I'm like, I've actually been. He's like, I've been going to church for the last six months to a year um, with Bobby Schuler uh, in Orange County. And I'm like, oh, I, I know that guy. I'm like, he actually like randomly followed me on Twitter. Anyway, <laughs> he did. And and um, wow, I shouldn't say that. Um, <laughs> so. So I'm like, wow, like I know I know that church. Like that guy's really good and good. I like him. I like the way he speaks. He's like, yeah, I've been, you know, just serving God. I, I'm thinking about getting baptized soon. Me and my, I think he said his wife or his girlfriend, they're they've been going for taking that long drive. And I'm like, man, that's that's awesome. And so like I I pay for him. We were walking, and he just starts sharing a little bit more and like just start, you know, sharing with him, encouraging him. And at the end of it, I'm like, all right, let's pray. And so he's like, right here. I'm like, yeah, let's just, let's just pray. So I'm like, all right. So I just, I just felt the Lord in that moment. Like, God, that was a God moment, like, just ministering to him. And so, um, so there, I just, I just prayed for him. Just, I, I really did feel the spirit of God in that moment and just minister to him. And he, like, he, he's like, I need your number. Um, man, like, I need somewhere, I need a church closer. And so he got my number, and, like, right away he texted me, like, so thank you so much for the gas. But it wasn't so much the gas that he was thinking about. He was thinking me for, like, encouraging him and, like, uh, you know, speaking to him into his life about the Lord. And then it hit me. Oh, I, we were just talking about taking a moment of opportunity. And, like, I was, because I was aware, because it was on my mind to take every opportunity, I did it. And I didn't do it because I was aware that I was aware of it. I was just aware. Does that make sense? <laughs> I didn't do it to prove myself like, oh, I'm taking an opportunity. It was just I was aware of the Lord. Um, Romans 12. Romans 12, verse 1. We're all familiar with this. It says, don't become so well adjusted to your culture that you fit into it without even thinking. Instead, fix your attention on God. You'll be changed from the inside out readily recognize what he wants from you, and quickly respond to it. Unlike the culture around you, always dragging you down to its level of immaturity, God brings the best out of you, develops well-informed maturity in you. So this is about taking the culture of the kingdom wherever you go, not fitting into the world around you. When, because you're living by a different standard, living by a standard of a conviction that Jesus has placed on your life. And so it can become very apparent to other people that you're living a different way. It's, it's not to be weird. You don't want to be weird. I mean, you might stand out, but you're, you're kinder. You're, you actually love, and you're patient. And other people recognize it. Um, verse 3 says, I'm speaking to you out of a, a deep gratitude for all that God has given me, and especially as I have responsibilities in relation to you, living then, as every one of you does, in pure grace. It's important that you not misunderstand it's important that you not misinterpret yourselves as people who are bringing the goodness to God. No, God brings it all to you. The only accurate way to understand ourselves is by what God is and by what he does for us, not by what we are and what we do for him. Again, God has done everything for us. It's not like he needs us to give it to him. He's done everything. He's done it all for us. Colossians 3, 15 I was going to read the rest of Romans 12 in the message, but if you haven't, read it in the message. It, it just takes, um, it takes a different perspective, and I really like it. Uh, Colossians 3, verse 15, it says, Let the peace of Christ keep you in tune with each other, in step with each other. None of this going off and doing your own thing. And cultivate thankfulness. Let the word of Christ, the message, have the run of the house. Give it plenty of room in your lives. Instruct 
and direct one another using good common sense. And sing, sing your heart out to God. Let every detail in your lives, words, actions, whatever, be done in the name of the Master, Jesus, thanking God the Father every step of the way. Everything in, in everything we do, everything in, we do with him in mind. Everything we do, we do with him in mind. It's our offering. It's, it's the least that we can do for him. It, it's something that we have to do intentionally. It's not, it's not like by default, you know, that we just, that we're, that we're mindful of what we do. We, we have to actually intentionally uh, change the way we think by him, allowing him to transform our thoughts. In Revelation chapter 2, in the verses before, it says, I know your works. I know, you, I know you've been good. I know you've been, been doing all these things. And then verse 4, it says, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the passionate love you had, you had for me at the beginning. Think about how far you have fallen. Repent and do the works of love you did at first. Or other translation says, remember your first love. I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place of influence if you do not repent. So if you need to repent, like I did, you, repent. Allow, like, allow the Lord to speak to you. I've often, um, which is all the time, been, been checked by the Lord when there's, a, there's, there's been moments where I've not given everything that I've somehow like taken back and not trusted him in certain areas of my life. I've not laid my life as an offering. And I realized I've closed off a certain area to him. That's the moment you have to repent. Like, okay, I've not, I'm not allowing you in, in, in this part of my life. My, my heart's closing off to you here. So this is, um, man, it's, it's our lives laid out as an offering to the Lord, saying, Lord, this, this whatever it is, because every offering, every person is going to present a different offering to the Lord. Just on Sunday, we, we heard about bearing your cross. We all bear a different cross. There's something that we, we each have to offer to the Lord. But we, can, we all say, Lord, here's my life. Take it. Take, it my, take my life. May I be a pleasing sound. May, may my life be pleasing to you. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.